Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, September 21st, 2017. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, you can uh, now download these uh, podcasts on your iPads and so on. If you do, please give us some good likes and uh, on YouTube and so on. Help us kind of expand our viewership and our listenership. This story today, uh, I'm talking about the Cuban the allegations that the Cuban government has been using some sort of sonic weapon to attack American personnel because the story just seems to get more and more bizarre. Now, I've blogged about this story on the website in connection with the attacks on the ramming incidents on the, uh, which I do think are attacks on the USS Fitzgerald and the USS John McCain and that they are all related, at least technologically, in my opinion, to the Cuban embassy attacks and possibly as well to the uh, USS Donald Cook incident from several years ago. Now, this article is from the Daily Mail, and there's a number of things in it that I want to draw your attention to because the Daily Mail, while it's more or less towing the line, uh, the narrative that this is, in fact, something going on that the Cuban government at some point is responsible for. They mentioned some other possibilities here, and I want to uh, talk about those possibilities after I read you a few paragraphs from this article. Now, in addition, at the end of this, uh, on the screen, you should be able to click and see a timeline of stories relating to this idea of sonic weapons. Now, our web developer, Daniel Degree, came up with this timeline in our recent members dialogue. That's uh, discussions that we have solely in the subscription members area of the website, but we did discuss this issue in that uh, members dialogue, and we also discussed his timeline, which I think is very good. Uh, it's a nice overview of stories that are related to the idea of sonic weapons. I'm including it here because there has been a certain segment uh, of the media and certain so-called experts saying, well, you know, these these types of weapons are a fiction. They don't exist. They There's no known physics principles. And, of course, this is baloney um, because these other stories have been out there for some years uh, as has the uh, basic technology and the basic engineering idea behind these weapons. We'll get back to that because I think all of this is very important for this story. Uh, this is an article by Tom Leonard that appeared in the UK's Daily Mail. The title of the article is The Damning Evidence. Okay, Cuba's launched a sci-fi uh, sci sonic weapon at America. How 21 U.S. diplomats were hit by hearing and memory loss even mild brain damage after a suspicious attack. That's the title of the article. And I want to start out with the first three paragraphs of this article and then pull a few others out for your consideration. Uh, I've put the article link for you. Uh, and then I want to get down to what my suspicions are that might be going on. Quote, the attacks have usually come at night. Many victims say they never noticed anything amiss. Others insist they have definitely felt or heard something, either vibrations or any number of odd sounds, including a loud ringing, a scraping noise, and high-pitched chirping, like the noise made by crickets or cicadas. 
Several said the noises came in minute-long bursts. One diplomat described being jolted awake in Havana in a Havana hotel room by a grinding, blaring cacophony. When he moved a few feet across the room, the noise stopped. When he got back into bed, the agonizing sound hit him again, as if, he told doctors, he had walked through some invisible wall, cutting straight down the middle of his room. Now, that's a very important point. I'll get back to that at the end of this. Whether they heard anything or not, the consequences have been unmistakable. Symptoms ranging from nosebleeds, nausea, dizziness, and severe headaches to mild brain damage and permanent hearing or memory loss. Oddly, as soon as some of the victims left Cuba, they stopped hearing noises. Or, skipping a couple paragraphs here, or maybe it wasn't so odd. Given the astonishing explanation that has surfaced as to why at least 21 U.S. diplomats, as well as others from Canada, have been brought low while serving in communist Havana. Although America hasn't pointed any finger at the likely culprit, that's the question, Washington believes they were victims of a secret sonic weapon. Frankly, it's difficult to think of a more bizarre case of Cold War-style skullduggery since Bulgarian dissident Georgi Makrov was assassinated in a London street with a poison-tipped umbrella in 1978. Skipping some paragraphs now, here's the objective of the operation, in my opinion. Quote, at the weekend, the U.S. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson revealed the Trump administration was taking the controversy so seriously that it was considering closing its embassy in Havana. Some U.S. senators have gone further, demanding that the government also kicks out every Cuban diplomat in America. The U.S. expelled two in May as a protest over the scandal. Skipping paragraphs again. So far, investigations involving the FBI, CIA, U.S. State Department, and even the Canadian Mounties have found nothing. Now, let me stop and say if they think that, then it's baloney because, as I pointed out, this timeline that uh, web developer uh, Mr. Degree came up with for our dialogues indicates that there have been stories of these weapons for a number of years. So in other words, they're not looking too closely, and the technology does exist, all right? So in other words, if they found nothing, then quite frankly, I'm, I'm thinking that this is a lie. Uh, they, the story has been put out that this is some sort of uh, science fiction weapon, and it is not. Let me continue. Quote, none of this has a reasonable explanation, says Fulton Armstrong, an ex-CIA official who served in Havana before it reopened its embassy there. It's just mystery after mystery after mystery, unquote. U.S. officials say the episodes were first reported last November while the latest incident emerged as recently as late last month. Most diplomats were affected in their homes which were provided by the Cuban government. But at least one incident occurred on an upper floor of the Hotel Capri, a historic high-rise building popular with tourists, where two diplomats were living. Skipping a paragraph, colleagues of the diplomat and the Hotel Capri experienced a similar effect, waking up with a ringing in their ears and reaching mistakenly for their alarm clocks, then getting up only to discover that the ringing stopped when they moved away from their beds. Okay, so in other words, there's an area or region of the room 
that is being affected move out of that region and there's no effect. And that, folks, is a tremendous and important clue. And again, I'm going to get back to that. Skipping a few paragraphs, of those experts say the most likely is ultrasound, which is employed, for example, in dog whistles because it's far simpler to channel into a tight beam of energy. It has also been proved to produce some of the symptoms, such as hearing loss and disorientation reported by the diplomats. It can even be fatal. Ultrasound waves are usually generated by an electrically charged crystal that converts electrical energy into sound waves. And Tim Layton, professor of ultrasonics at Southampton University, estimates the sonic attackers would need a transmitter the size of a car to generate hearing loss from 50 yards away. If a sonic weapon is scientifically possible, then who might have been using it? And that's the question. President Raul Castro, the late Fidel's brother, has reportedly given his personal assurance to the U.S. Chargé d'Affaires in Havana that his government was not behind the attacks. U.S. investigators have reportedly examined at least two other possibilities. The first is that the perpetrator could be some rogue Cuban government faction or even Cuban intelligence, which may fear it will lose its influence if the country is not at daggers drawn with America. The alternative is that it's the Russians, pardon me, who still hold great sway over Cuba, its longtime Cold War ally. Cuba's Secret Service, the intelligent directorate, has close ties with the FSB, Russia's successor to the KGB. It's possible Russia carried out the sonic attacks to ruin relations between the U.S. and Cuba. And indeed, I think that is the objective of whoever is behind the attacks, uh, namely that they want to ruin uh, U.S.-Cuban relations. I question, though, whether Russia would want to do that, all right? But in any case, a, a case I think could be made that Russia might, if Cuba draws closer to the U.S., then it may move out of the Russian orbit, and Cuba gives Russia a certain influence in the Caribbean region. Now, that's what I want to draw your attention to in this article. Now, I want to draw your attention to the timeline of press uh, stories. Uh, there are no links here, but you can easily use these things to search for various articles on sonic weapons. In mid-November, let's begin in the year 2000, sonic weapons were used by the U.S. Navy after the USS Cole attack, and again we saw stories of these things being used in Iraq. In 2002, the JNLWD funds the development of a pulsed energy projectile, that's in New Scientist. In 2004, the Navy tests plasma's capability as a missile defector. Uh, deflector. In 2004, the JNLWD PEP project vanishes. In 2005, Stellar Photonics works on a precision sound weapon called the PASS system. In 2005, cruise lines deployed Sonica weapons against pirates, and that's true. This has been done. And the symptoms, incidentally, that are caused are very similar. 2007, we have the original scheduled release of the JNLWD PEP system. In 2009, there was a test of the PASS system that exhibited some uh, success at extremely low power needs and high peak power. 
In 2009, Pittsburgh deployed an LRAD system against protectors, or pardon me, protesters at a crowd of 20 meeting. In 2011, the New York City Police Department deployed LRAD against walk, Occupy Wall Street protesters. In 2012, Chicago deployed LRAD against protesters at a NATO summit. And it was also deployed in 2012 at the London Olympics. In 2014, the European Space Agency mentioned having acoustic technology that could conceivably be lethal. And in 2015, military testing was announced again in uh, just mid-November of last year. Of course, we had the first attacks of the Cuban embassy. So these things are out there. Now, let's deal with the technology first of all. Most patents for these types of weapons, there are some exceptions, but you can go Google these, this idea. If you take microwave interferometry, interferometry is two or more beams beamed at a certain area which creates a template in that area and only in that area. And of course, you can make this rather precise and rather narrow and limited. In that area, it will establish a beat frequency in the human brain, and you can use that beat frequency to make people hear. You can, there are technologies patented now using microwaves that, that actually beam words into the brain, using the brain like a radio receiver to unscrab, unscramble a modulated uh, radio and microwave beam, all right, that has words and sounds modulated into the beam. So these technologies are there. And pretty much anybody that has the techni technical ability to produce these weapons, obviously the great powers have it. Uh, Cuba may have it. Russia investigated these types of weapons uh, repeatedly throughout the Soviet period. Uh, the former U.S. Uh, Secretary of Defense under the Clinton administration, William Cohen, referred to these types of weapons in 1998 at a non-lethal weapons conference, also attended incidentally by Janet Reno. These, these technologies are there. They have been the subject of conferences. They have been used and apparently are being used in Cuba. So if you hear stories that this doesn't exist, uh, they're feeding you a, a big heaping steaming crock of horse pucky is what they're doing. Now, the real question here for me is who's really behind this? Obviously, the goal is to uh, sour Cuban-American relations, which President Obama, uh, you know, reopened the American embassy in Cuba and allowed the Cubans to open an embassy in this country. So somebody is trying to reverse that policy or at least heighten tensions between the United States, Cuba, and then, of course, Cuba's uh, big power uh, ally, namely Russia. So I'm viewing this whole event as part of the attempt to ratchet up tensions between the United States and Russia, all right? So the question of who enters the picture, and here my speculation, folks, is that Cuba has nothing to gain from this, and really... I take issue with the Daily Mail's suspicion or speculation that it might even be a rogue group within Cuban intelligence. Um, I do think a rogue group is possible, but I don't see that Cuba or Russia really have anything to gain 
by using this type of weapon to ratchet up attacks, increase tensions, and possibly, as this article points out, shut down the American embassy just shortly after it opened again in Havana, and then, of course, shut down the Cuban embassy in this country. So I'm suspecting here, folks, that we might be dealing either with a rogue element within the American national security apparatus that wants to see that happen. And again, that would not surprise me. This is the same deep state, after all, that assassinated President Kennedy and, and his attempts to create some sort of rapprochement with the Soviet Union and to call off the uh, CIA assassination hitmen that were trying to take out President Castro. So this, this may be the same group. Or the other alternative here is that it is an extraterritorial group of some sort deliberately trying for purposes of its own to ratchet up tensions between the United States and Russia once again, uh, and perhaps even get it into some sort of full-blown shooting war. Uh, I've written about that possibility in the Nazi International in the third way and so on and so forth. That could also be what we're dealing with here. Now, if that's the case, then this means that whatever extraterritorial group as may be existing and using this weapon in Cuba to create these disturbances. If that is the case, then this means, of course, that that group has access to these types of very exotic, exotic sophisticated, so-called non-lethal weapons technologies. Now, I raise this possibility because if you go back, you can look this up uh, on the U.S. Department of Defense website. Uh, just search for William Cohen, and I believe the year that he made these remarks was 1997 or 1998, uh, President Clinton's uh, Secretary of Defense. And when you look up this quotation, Mr. Cohen is very explicit when he says that these types of weapons, so-called non-lethal weapons, earthquake machines, microwave weapons, sonic weapons, mind control, all of these different types of things uh, that are non-conventional sorts of weaponry, he does state quite explicitly that there is a danger and that it is a high probability that some of these extraterritorial groups have got their hands on these types of technologies. So in other words, I'm not suggesting anything out, wild or out of the ballpark. This is actually a suggestion made way back in 1998 by the U.S. Secretary of Defense. So the bottom line for me, folks, is I think these attacks are real. Number two, I think these are based on some sort of microwave interferometry sonic weapon because all the hallmarks are there, limited regions where these effects are being produced, um, and that the culprit here is, in my opinion, probably not the Cuban government or the Russians. I think we either have to look at rogue groups in the West, in the American intelligence uh, national security apparatus, or we have to consider the possibility of some uh, non-territorial actor 
that is trying to ratchet up for purposes of its own the tensions between the United States and Russia. A very, very interesting story. Do give a good look at that timeline for sonic weapons there because um, this is not a new story. These, these attempts to denigrate the idea that this is some sort of sonic weapon coming out of certain circles in the lamestream media uh, is, in my opinion, simply untrue. So that's it. Uh, don't forget, folks, we have a uh, European-African time zone members vid chat tomorrow at 2 p.m. U.S. Central Time. I will probably be starting that early uh, pre-chat, uh, probably around noon or so. Uh, so I hope to see all the members there. And the rest of you, we'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.